for you. Well, we finished our series Dream Big today, and um, I hope that over the last couple of weeks that you've really looked at some of the things that we've talked about, about we all have dreams, but the question is, are they God-sized dreams, and are we pursuing the dreams that God has for us? And I hope that you've been challenged in some way uh, to take that dream and to really run with it and to make something come of that. So we're going to look today about um, how courage, courage helps us in pursuing those dreams. In fact, we're going to talk about the impossible dream. So what is an impossible dream? An impossible dream is one of those dreams where, where it's set and you look at it and you go like, I'm not really sure I can get there. Or I'm not really sure that, that, that the road to get there is even possible or that I should even try. And so God places before us some of those impossible dreams. But sometimes in order to achieve those impossible dreams, we find out that um, disappointments might come. Disappointments in, in just our own self or circumstances that come. And the question becomes, how do we overcome those disappointments and how do we have the courage to get there? I think it begins with attitude. So say the word attitude. attitude. You know, attitude is something that, that we all carry. So, you know, the question is, what kind of attitude do you have? And how do you, how do you deal with that attitude? Are, are you one that's uh, negative or are you positive? Are you like a realist or are you a skeptical person? You know, are you cynical at things when you look at that? Uh, are, you, are you filled with gratitude or deep down is your attitude something where you just grumble a lot about things? So a lot has to be said about attitude and I'm convinced that in order for us to achieve the dreams that God has for us, we've got to be in the right attitude. We've got to partner with God to make things happen. I love what the Apostle Paul said. Paul writes in, in, at a church that's distressed and he's trying to help them to understand that, that, that God has goals, God has visions, God has dreams to help this little fledgling church uh, become a, a huge church in a sense of a heart for God. It's the church of Galatia. And Paul is talking about a couple things here, but one thing that he leads us to that I'm going to share with you in this passage from Galatia is Paul says <clears throat> that there's something that we must do in order to fulfill what God has asked. Here's what he writes. He says, don't be misled. You can't mock the justice of God, but you always harvest what you plant. You ever heard that expression, you reap what you sow? Okay, so Paul says you harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So here, here's where it gets really good. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. But, but at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Did you hear that? If you don't give up. So when will the blessing come? The blessing comes when you don't give up. The blessings, the openings, the dreams, the hopes, the impossible things that we see out there become possible whenever we don't give up. So here's the big news, that, that you will always harvest what you plant. So think about that with me for a second. So if, if you are a person who is, is harboring anger in your relationships, guess what kind of relationships are going to come back to you? They're going to come back angry. If you're a person who's giving away peace, you're going to have a, a, an aura of peace about you. If you're a person who is generous, you're going to live in the circles of generosity. If you're a person that, that um, is kind of a downer about everything, then the odds are that the people that you're going to attract around you are going to be down about stuff too. So you, you reap what you sow. James writes that, that one of the things we need to realize whenever we are uh, living our life is that when things come our way and when things happen, we need to understand that there's always a purpose behind that. 
So whenever we're reaping and sowing and whatever, whenever we're living our life and we're aspiring to these awe-inspiring, impossible dreams that we see from God, James says, be careful and beware because something might derail that. Something might come your way that, that's going to challenge you, that's going to chip away at your, at your um, excitement level to reach the dream. But James says if you stick with it, kind of like what Paul said to the church in Galatia, James says something good will come. He writes, blessed is the man or the woman who perseveres under trial. So, so you're pursuing your dream, but something is like coming your way and stopping you from trying to get to your dream. James says blessed are those who persevere under trial because they will stand the test and they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So James is saying that, that if you will just stay true to the pursuit of the dream, even the impossible dreams, that God will fulfill the promise as that perseverance is built into you. So disappointments sometimes are what derail us as we look at our dreams. So I want to chat a little bit about what those disappointments do. Then I want to shift a little bit and talk about what God has to say about that. And lastly, about how God wraps all this up for us in this series. But sometimes whenever we're pursuing our hopes, whenever we're pursuing our dreams, whenever there's something that's like larger than life that's out there, to pursue that and to get there, sometimes life will feel like you're on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. How many have been to Disney and ridden on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? You know, is, I think, that, is it still there or did they tear it down? It's gone. It was so wild that people just couldn't even stand it anymore. See? <laughs> so, okay, great. So, so back, well, back in the day, you know, so Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, what is that? So that means that you're kind of like holding on for dear life and that there's lots of twists and turns and things that are coming at you that are, that are happening in life. But, but the point is, is that it feels like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride because when we're pursuing our hopes and dreams, there's usually something involved that each one of us is trying to put into place, and that is to control our destiny. Have you ever done that? Have you ever tried to control your destiny? Have you ever tried to like look at life as a chess game that if I move this pawn here and this knight over here and this bishop and this castle and I can check the queen and boom, I can capture the king and I'm living life the way that I want. So we find out that, that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride comes into the fact that, that we have to understand that things aren't always going to be easy in the pursuit of our dreams. I said to you last week that patience was one of the huge factors when it comes to believing in our dreams and pursuing our dreams. And when I think about patience, I think about a farmer, okay? So my dad was a, a farmer in uh, North Florida when he was growing up. And, and uh, I think about the image of a farmer and the patience for that. You know, farmers have to be patient people. Because there's a lot of things out of the farmer's control. What's out of the farmer's control? The weather, the economy, um, who's going to buy their, their, their product when it's done, who's going to supply the seed, is there going to be you know, the right kind of elements and things put into place. The things that the farmer can control is, is when to till the ground, the farmer can control when to plant the seed, but that's the easy stuff. But then all of a sudden it's just the farmer just has to trust that something will happen. But lives get wild in the sense of that. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves waiting on the right factors to come and help us to achieve the dreams that we have. Do you find yourself waiting? Are you waiting for some dream? Is there, is there something that you just really believe that, that God is like hot-wired into you, and you've just been waiting and waiting and waiting for it to come, that this hasn't happened or that hasn't happened, or the financing didn't come into place, or the relationships didn't work out, or the timing just hasn't been set? And we find out that life can be like Mr. Toad's wild ride. Disappointments can also cause confusion. 
So think about that. So when we're pursuing our hopes and our dreams, sometimes things happen that bring confusion into being. Let's look at the life of Job. Job is a person that we find in the wisdom literature of the scriptures. And, and Job was uh, allegedly the, the richest man that ever lived. And, and Job had everything going right for his life. And, and, and his goals and his hopes and his dreams and his partnership with God was all being put into place. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Something comes and something derails Job in two days. In just two days, he loses his entire wealth, his family is killed, and he breaks out with these, you know, really nasty-looking boils all over his body. And Job's asking the question, why? He's confused. I mean, you know, he's righteous, he's walking with God, but all of a sudden, as he's trying to pursue those hopes and dreams, things aren't working out the way that he had hoped, that he had thought. The worst part of Job's suffering was that, that he had no idea. And that was kind of the, the piece. And for 37 chapters in the book of Job, Job hears nothing from God. I mean, think about that. You cry out to God. You're, you're, you're reaching out to God. You're saying, God, I need your help. And there's like nothing. And nobody or nothing is talking back. And all of a sudden, you know, Job is the one person who literally has what it would take to say, why me? When you think about that. You think you woke up in a bad day today. Think about Job's life. And so Job is asking this question about where is my life going and what's it going to be all about? So Job had this unexplained problem. But what we see in the story of Job is he maintained something, and that was his faith. Job maintained his faith in a sense that even though he knew that he didn't agree with where things were, even though he saw the roadblocks in trying to achieve the dreams that God had placed there, the hopes and dreams that he had had for his family, Job never lost faith. Even his friends told him, rebuke God. But he never did, and he stayed in that circumstance. You see, what we need to realize is situations might be out of our control, but nothing is ever out of God's control. You see, God is never out of control. God is sovereign, and God is secure in the midst of no matter what's happening in your life or mine. Nothing is too big for God to handle. When pursuing our dreams, here's, here's the next one. When pursuing our dreams, disappointments also lead to dead ends. Have you ever had that happen? You know, you, you saw the plan. You put the things in place with the plan. And then you finally get on the road to pursuing your dream. And you get to the end and you're going like, what happened? This wasn't at all what I thought. Or something happens and derails you at the particular end. In week one, we talked a little bit about Abraham. Remember that? We talked about how Abraham um, had a dream. The dream that he wanted was he wanted a son. He wanted, he wanted um, an heir. He wanted to be able to uh, have a son and, and with his wife, Sarah. And, and uh, 70 and 80 years or so go by, and they can't achieve that dream. And God appears to Abraham, and God says, Abraham, I have a plan for you. Your plan is to, is to have a dream, but, but my plan is to have a bigger dream for you. And so God explains to Abraham that, that Abraham's goals and Abraham's dreams are smaller than what God has planned. And God says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to make you the father of all of these people. You will father far more than one or two. And so Abraham's sitting there thinking, so at 99 years of age, Abraham's like looking at himself physically going, this ain't going to happen. Sarah looks at herself and she says, you know, it doesn't take modern science to say that the equipment that I have isn't going to yield anything either because she's up in her age. But God comes through and God makes it happen. And see, that's what God does. God waits until we think that we have lost everything. 
God waits until we think that we've given up all hope. And God likes us to be at that place. And here's why. Because whenever you have given up hope, whenever you have uh, convinced yourself that you can't get there on your own, guess what you do? You look for God. And you look for God and you begin to say things like, I can never get there on my own. God, I need your help. God, I would have never seen that twist or that turn. But Lord, as you've shown this to me, I see now the next steps, the steps that you've ordered for my life. You see, some of us are, are boxed in today. Some of us are kind of boxed in. God has placed a dream. God has given a hope. But yet we can't see it. Something's blocking our vision, whether it's a disappointment or an inability or something that's kind of derailed from that. Maybe you have a dream for a healthy marriage, but, but you haven't gotten there yet. Maybe you have a dream that your kids will come to know Christ, but they haven't gotten there yet. Maybe you have a dream, and you have a, a, a dream pursuing that, that you'll have financial stability and security, but it hasn't happened yet. You see, when we start thinking about it's not going to happen, that's where God wants us. Because that's where God reveals his glory in a powerful way. So let's shift gears for a second and, and talk about what, what God says about the disappointments. So what does God say about these disappointments that are in my life? Here, here's the first thing. God will say to you, just step aside and let me be God. Did you hear that? Step aside and let God be God. I mean, sometimes we get into these situations in our life where we proclaim that God is on the throne and that we are at the feet of God, worshiping God and yielding to God. But what happens in our life is because we want to control things, because we want to control our destiny, because we want to achieve our dreams in our own strength, sometimes we flip that. And we sit on the throne. And we call God to be at our feet. To be at our beck and call. To service us whenever we get in trouble or things don't work out. Patience is the key. Patience means that, that we see God as sovereign. Patience means that, that we see no matter what, I'm, what our circumstance is, no matter what my circumstance might be. Patience says that I know and I trust that in all these things, God will see me through. That's what patience does. Patience moves me in that direction. The psalmist writes, wait patiently. He says, I waited patiently, trusting God to help, for he has promised. And guess what? What God promises, God delivers. Somebody say amen to that. What God promises, God delivers. And it's a significant piece that we have. So the, the other piece that we look at, though, is, okay, if we're, if we're thinking that way, do we expect it to happen? Do we really expect it to come? You know, the scriptures say, by faith, you will see all things come to fruition. By faith, you will see all things of God be done. By faith, you will get there. So you have to expect that God is going to act. You have to expect that God is going to be faithful. There's the old story. It's a corny one, but I think it applies really well here. This community had prayed for like 90 days for rain. All their crops were burning up, and they were getting really uh, disturbed by the fact that they were probably going to starve. And the priest comes out of the church and, and says, well, we just need to pray for rain. And uh, he says, meet me tomorrow here at the church, and we'll pray for rain. And everybody's like, yeah, preacher, let's do that. So they go off to their homes. The next day... They all show up around the church, and the priest comes out with an umbrella, but nobody brought one. And he said, are you expecting God to deliver? I know it's a corny example, but think it through for a second. Do we anticipate that God will be faithful in what God has said? Do we anticipate? So God calls for us 
to be clear on the preparedness of our expectations. Are you needing a blessing in life? Are you needing something that will help move your life? Are you ready to achieve your dream? Then believe that God is leading you there. Take the steps that are necessary. Clear whatever cobwebs, clear whatever things are hindering you from getting where you need to be and trust that God is going to leave you there. Here's the next one. God is working things out. You know, often behind the scenes, God is working things out. We don't always see clearly. We don't always have clarity about what God is doing. We only kind of see the mess through our own lenses and our, our own biases. And trust me, when, when your vision and when your dreams have been derailed, you're usually thinking about yourself. I think about myself. But God says, wait a minute, there's, there's a bigger picture here. But more importantly, I'm working things out. Don't lose heart. I'm working things out. We're getting ready to come in the Christmas season. Mary uh, carries Jesus in her womb. Joseph finds out that she's pregnant. And Joseph is trying to figure out, do I, do I divorce her? What do I do? And the angel comes with a message. God's working things out. Joseph, just wait. God's working things out. And I think it's important for us as we're pursuing our dreams, especially when, when we're not getting to our dreams as fast as we would want to, to know that God is working things out. Look at Job's life. Let's go back to Job. All the things that had gone wrong with him behind the scenes, God was working things out. In fact, what the scriptures tell us was in God's perfect time, not only was Job's wealth restored, but, but even more than that, but, but he was blessed with even more children. God is always behind the scenes working things out. So the third change or direction I want to go this morning is what do I do when, when I feel like my dreams are lost? What do I do when I feel like all hope is gone and I don't know how to pursue my dreams? Remember this, that joy comes from God. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians, he says, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. You want to know God's will? Pray. You want to know God's will? Find out what brings glory to God, not what brings glory to you, what brings glory to me, but what is it that brings glory to God, and let that be the dream you pursue. We, said, we talked about that in week one, remember? Surrender your dream and let it become God's dream. Let God's dream be what motivates you and moves you in the direction you need to go. Now, why does, why does God use all of these challenges and changes and, and, and difficulties in our life? Paul says that, that, that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So Paul is proclaiming right there that, 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 as, a, that as a follower of Jesus, don't expect life to be without, without challenge, without derailment without complications but Paul says but remember always that God is working for your good because you love him and because you've been called according to God's purpose so why why does God use the things that happen in our life how does God use that why does he use that and how is that important for us as we pursue our goals the first thing is 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 God uses the challenges in our life as a as a means to to teach us and through that teaching process we learn to trust God we see a relationship with God in a way that we've never seen before he also uses the disappointments uh, to show us his power some of us would never know the power of God unless we were in a situation where we needed God to intervene and when God does God reveals the power that's needed 
The third thing that we learn from this is because God can use disappointments in your life to grow your character, to grow your attitude, to create in you to become a new person, a new person for the purpose of what God's plan is. So trust God with your dreams. This is the, the last one I want to look at. Trust God with your dreams. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust God with everything and don't try to figure it out yourself. Don't think that you are smarter than God. Don't think that you can figure it out without God. But trust God with all things and lean not on your own understanding. You see, Paul reminds us that God is at work in you. God is at work in me. And that work that God is doing is to bring all things good to come into that peace that God will lead us to achieve the dreams that he has placed for us. Isaiah writes, the Lord says, no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. So that's the message I want you to take away from today. How do you pursue big dreams? How do you pursue um, the awesome dream? How do you get there? Is understand that God will give you the path. God will make a way. God will take away the obstacles. Trust. Give it to God. Lean not on your own understanding, but turn it over to the Lord and let God make all things new again. Paul says a great wrap-up. He says in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he, meaning God, who began a good work in us, will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, what God starts, God always finishes. What God desires in you, God will complete. What God has given to you to be a dream, God is ready to fulfill that. And you have to trust in the three words. God will do. And in those three words, we see the significance of what comes. You see, the power of God is unstoppable. God's power will lead you. God's power will place you on the path to pursue your dreams. But more importantly, the unstoppable God will make your dreams become a reality.